Welcome to All of the Above, where uh, we wanted to be able to talk about theology and books and philosophy of ministry and other important things that relate to our lives. My name is Aaron Markham. I'm one of the pastors at Ridgewood Church, and what a joy I have. We're recording this this evening. Um, I get to be joined by my beautiful wife, Casey. Casey, we're glad to have you on the podcast. This is your first podcast. How do you feel right now? A little bit nervous and laughing that romantic comedies fall into the category of just things that are important to our lives. Yeah. Rom-coms are definitely important to our lives. More more to come on that. More to come on that. We are going to do... This podcast is on Christmas romantic comedies. I felt like we could do this because Jim and Trevor, I don't know, uh, a while back... um, did one on scary movies, no thank you, uh, so we thought we should do one on joy and hope and laughter and smiles and happiness and Christmas time, just everything good. That's what we wanted to bring to this podcast. Now, we are recording this podcast on January 24th, 2023, post-Christmas 2022. We meant to do this for Christmas 2022. But, lo and behold, we couldn't do it, so we're going to try and get this out so that it's ready to go for 2023. Really hoping uh, this podcast ages well. Um, You know, hopefully nothing we say 10 months from now, 11 months from now, we are, you know, want to go back on. Um, I guess Jonathan can do some magic editing at that point, but super, super excited to, to do this podcast. Casey. Casey loves to know the questions that are coming, so I had the first question that she doesn't know that it's coming. The first question is, what is your favorite thing about Christmas? What's your favorite thing about Christmas? So hopefully it's not super hard. Favorite thing about okay, Christmas. Okay, that's, that's not too bad. I did tell Aaron he was not supposed to surprise me with any questions while we were doing this, but if that's the only surprise... We always have I'll, a surprise question. I'll let it slide. I did figure that from being an all-of-the-above listener. Um, so my favorite thing about Christmas... Probably taking Audrey around and letting her see lights because she is obsessed with Christmas lights, obsessed with Christmas inflatables, just would, I think would stay in the car for hours and let us drive around and look at people's yards decorated. So that's the best thing about Christmas these days. I love that. And she is, we are recording this, you know, January, 2023. She's in mourning uh, that all the inflatables and lights are up, but that's why we're even recording this podcast. The Markham's love Christmas. We're already excited for Christmas 2023. We're probably going to start playing Christmas music here in our house, you know, very, very soon to Trevor's chagrin, to Hannah's chagrin. But, you know, that that's that's how we do it around here. But in all reality, we, we, uh, we definitely do start playing Christmas music on November 1st. So if you come by our house November 1st, you get in the car with me, we're playing Christmas music starting November 1. Because who doesn't want more joy in their lives, and Christmas just brings joy. So we are specifically here to talk about Christmas, rom-coms, all the cheese, all the predictability, everything that comes with it. That's what I'm excited to do for these next few minutes. So Casey, help me know, rom-com, what is a rom-com? Well, before I answer your question, we should also note that we watch Christmas rom-coms all year long. Oh, that that's for sure. We're going to give you some rankings here at the end, and uh, in in our 2022 rankings, we have watched early 2022 and four of the four of the six have christmas uh in the title and then we have watched christmas season 
2022. And, you know, obviously all of those have Christmas in the title. So we're down to watch a Christmas rom-com any time of the year. So honestly, this podcast is pertinent any time of the year. Yeah, we can just go ahead and publish, you know, yep. January, yep. February. Here you are. Rom-com. What's a rom-com? Uh, romantic comedy. And so we're specifically talking about the, you know, the feel-good Christmas-themed romantic movies here. I love it. I love it. So why do we enjoy watching Christmas rom-coms? Surely there are better movies out there to be watching than a Christmas romantic comedy. Okay, it's probably undeniable that there are movies with far better quality, shall we say. Uh, more funding, therefore better actors, better sets, much better effects, visual effects, much more creative storylines. <laughs> however, however, we love them sort of because they are formula- formulaic, if you will. They're simple, they're predictable, they're lighthearted, they're fun. You've talked a lot about joy already. They're joyful I like that they don't require a lot of brain space to watch. That's fair. Young, young moms hard. shouting out. Yeah, don't need a lot of brain space to just enjoy a rom-com. Right. So they um, they also make fun of a lot of things that sort of we know to be bad, i.e. being a workaholic or having a lack of joy, the classic Scrooge character, not caring about relationships and maybe prioritizing other things or caring way too much about a relationship and only thinking about that. Um, caring too much about money. I mean, the list can go on, but they sort of make fun of those things that we know to be bad. That's good. I, I also think they make clear things that we know to be good. This is one of my primary reasons for loving a Christmas rom-com is because we who, who doesn't want to smile? Who doesn't want to laugh? Who doesn't want cheer in their life? Who doesn't love relationships and friendships and family and celebration? It's just all that's good. It's it's the total opposite of Jim and Trevor's podcast on scary movies. Uh, we're here to to bring joy into everyone's lives. Um, that's what we're trying to do here here today. Now, I also do enjoy that all of them are pretty much rated G or PG. That nothing is very explicit. Uh, it's all kind of about the pursuit of of romance and finding a relationship. And pretty much they're all going to end, and we're going to talk more about predictability here in a few minutes. They're all going to end on the, on the kiss, you know, the, the magical kiss that happens at the end, and then it's done. Or and if you're like, really lucky, maybe there's a proposal or ooh, even a, a wedding. a proposal is so, you know? ooh, yes, yes. Like we've known each other for seven days. Let's we're get getting married. engaged, and we're probably married within another seven days. Amazing. Gosh. Those are the, those are the best. All right, but even in that realm, so we're kind of we're kind of thinking about some things here. You know, w- what are the issues that stick out with rom coms? Because even that idea, you know, we've known each other seven days, we're getting married, you know, that kind of thing, that does kind of stick out. That's probably an issue. Maybe that's not total reality. Kind of what are the issues with rom coms? I, I would say for me, one one issue is it does only show the pursuit. You know, generically, the man's kind of pursuing the woman, and it you know, it's kind of going to end on the on the kiss. It doesn't even necessarily get to engagement. doesn't even necessarily get to marriage. Definitely not going to show anything past marriage. Um, and so it's very little of the actual relationship. Like, your and my relationship is rooted in our marriage. Definitely not our dating. We'll talk more about that, you know, in a, in a minute. Um, it can also make us feel like romantic love is almost more important than, like, brotherly love, sisterly love. You know, there is kind of this pursuit of romance, that's almost over um, friendship and 
um, even just kind of the the joy of extended family and you know parenthood and all of all of those kind of dynamics. It's it's very kind of a specific type of love. Um, and so even thinking about in the in the scriptures in the Greek, like there's if my estimation is correct, commonly there's referred to as three types of love, but I think there's also a fourth. But it's you know it's kind of highlighting just that romantic love, and so don't want to discount brotherly love, sisterly love. There's also, you know, in rom-coms, there's usually a neat and tidy finish, which is not the way life is. I'm assuming for all of our listeners, your life is not neat and tidy. Um, It's not going to finish neat and tidy. There's ups and there's downs. And then I also think a lot of times men end up lacking conviction and pursuit. Um, And so there ends up usually the kind of the man maybe falls apart or the kind of the woman has to come back around to something. And not to say that that that's not... um, good or, or useful at times, but, but we want, you know, men to, to, to pursue and care and love and lay down their lives, uh, for a woman. I think that's what we see throughout the scriptures. So it doesn't always kind of highlight that in a, in a helpful way. What else would you say are kind of issues with rom-coms, Casey? Well, I think one of the more common themes or something that you're going to hear repeated in almost every rom-com at some point is to Follow your heart. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee those three words are going to be in there. Yikes. Yes. Possibly the worst advice ever. So we aren't saying to take notes during these movies, especially when it comes to this frequently repeated piece of poor advice. That's right. We uh, we always, we, we note it. We pause on it. Pfft, wow. Follow your heart. Don't do that. Moving on. But yes, that's a great point. Yeah. Bad idea. Um And then the predictability I talked about earlier, I feel like there's also a con to this. You know the ending more than likely, usually from the first five minutes of the movie. Um, So it does make for a less exciting movie, if you will. No one's going to be on the edge of their seat watching a Christmas rom-com wondering, like, how will this end? Yeah, no major major twist in the last, like, minute or two, generally. No. You, You generally have a good idea of where it's headed, so... It can be a, can be a pro, but also can also can be a con. Um, we should also note that we, I think, pretty much for every movie and some more than others, we frequently critique the script as we watch these movies. So we're well aware that there's improvements to be made. That's right. So we're we're not saying you know take everything that you find in one of these and apply it to your life. We're just trying to show where where the positives are. And so to that point, what are some elements we can expect to find in pretty much every Christmas rom-com. What what makes a good Christmas rom-com? What would you say, Case? Okay, again, these are predictable movies. So we've got the first five minutes. We know the love interest. We've met the main two characters. Um, about 45 minutes in, you've hit the what we call point of no return, mm-hmm. a.k.a. your characters have fallen for each other. Um, they're in love. They know it. Headed, headed for the end. Uh, about the 75-minute mark, though, that's where your conflict's coming in. You're like, oop. There's, a, there's something happening. There's an issue. There's an obstacle. Something's momentarily threatening to undermine this romantic destiny. And then 90 minutes, wrap it up, kiss, movie's over. Also a great positive for a Christmas rom-com. 90 minutes, guaranteed. Maybe even like 85 minutes. So it's just not going to take up your whole night, which is a positive. Longer if you have to watch commercials, but we try to avoid those. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but okay, they're also unapologetically cheesy. That's just going to be in every single one. They're, just, they're cheesy. Um, they're usually going to sm- start off either small town and then jump to big city or vice versa, start out big city, head to small town. Pretty much guaranteed you're going one way or the other. Um, there's also a guaranteed ro- like very romantic 
fake snow scene that's usually very obviously fake. This comes back to the low funding on these movies. Yeah, but didn't, we, didn't we figure out there's some absurd amount of money spent on fake snow? We did. We spent. Hallmark we did movies. a good bit of research some on like that. Millions of dollars are spent on fake snow every year for for Hallmark, Hallmark movies. movies. Yeah, amazing. The snowdrop in every in every movie. It's a thing. You can Google it. Um, but usually that's at that point of no return. That's usually when the fake snow scene happens, or it might be the end when there's the kiss. But one of those two moments is when you're getting your and your even snow at drop. that point of no return, there's like, oh, we should kiss in this moment, but phone rings or door knock or something happens, and it's like, oh. But we're at the point of no return. So third, we're, third wheel joins the party. Yeah, that's right. Expect expect something to expect something soon. That's good. I think you can also expect like family interactions. There's going to be a, a crazy mom, a, a dad, a grandparent, a sister. There's going to be the classic Christmas, you know, dinner party or or whatever um, that you're going to have. I think you can also expect friendly people. You know, especially when you get into the small town. There's probably going to be mean people and friendly people. Mean people are generally in the city. I don't know why that is. Friendly people are the country, kind of in the in the in the rural area. They're just kind people, just enjoying life. Yeah, that's that's the way it goes. You're also gonna find the same actors. Um, we just went through one of our uh, favorite actors in a in a movie that we we watched this past year, and he's in like every year he's in some Christmas movie or Valentine's you know rom com movie. Uh, so you're just gonna find the same actors in in a lot of them. But then, you know, kind of the, the big positive that you can expect from all of them is that it's going to end on a happy note. And we're going to talk more in just a second, but it's kind of this illustration of all sad things come untrue. Whatever the conflict was, it is resolved. We can guarantee happiness. Um, and it's really almost hard to have that guarantee of a positive ending in almost any other movie genre. Like, it could very much end... Like the whole point might be to be morbid or might to be low to really teach you something or draw some moral out or something like that. But with the Christmas romantic comedy, we're ending on a high note, which I which I love. So kind of in thinking about that, why do we care enough about this to make a, a podcast on Christmas rom-coms? Why are we sitting here, dining room table, Jonathan Franklin has graced us his presence so that we can record this podcast. It's... 9.30 at night, kids are sleeping, you know, we could be doing all the other things. Man, but it seems it seems important enough for us to make a podcast. Why is that the case? Well, I think for us, Christmas rom-coms are a, a better picture of reality than most movies because it depicts the greater reality that all sad things are made untrue. So not all sad things are necessarily made untrue in our lives in this moment or even by the end of our lives, but we know at the end when Christ returns, which maybe that's a bad typology or some, you know, way to interpret the Bible. All sad things are going to be made untrue. So Christmas rom-coms always end on the highest of highs. You know, there could be nothing better at that moment. It's magical, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, which is exactly the way the story will end for all Christians. There's a, a great uh, Gospel Coalition article, I think, written in 2017. I think it's Brett McCracken. Uh, just had a few kind of quotes that were, that were really helpful. He says, in talking about Christmas romantic comedies, they are beautiful because they are formulaic in a good way and because they are simple and earnest in a chaotic, cynical world. So all of our worlds, your world, my world, it feels chaotic. It feels cynical. Right when we were going to start recording this podcast, 
Sam sits up. He's wailing. He's crying. Life is just chaos. But then he goes on to say, cynicism is exhausting. For many years, cynicism led me to immediately dismiss formulaic stories like Hallmark movies, Julia Roberts rom-coms, and Marvel blockbusters. But while there are other reasons to critique these films, no doubt, we've already tried to do that a little bit, formulaic storytelling shouldn't necessarily be one of them. Simple and predictable isn't always a bad thing. And then he goes on to say, Hallmark movies that narrate simple old-school romances fill a cultural void that is larger each year in this era of sexual and gender confusion. So there's this aspect of, again, kind of going back, these are rated G and PG. We don't really, you know, a lot of times cross lines. We also, we a lot of times see pursuits. And, you know, even my critique of when we don't see a pursuit, that's, you know, I would love to see more of that. We're trying to, uh, Hallmark movies really offer us something that is kind of simple, um, even traditional of, uh, of love of a man pursuing a woman of a man and woman falling in love. What else would you say case about, you know, why are we recording this podcast? Yeah, I think also like we're, we're not the only ones watching these movies, right? Well, presumably, um, if they're spending a few million dollars on fake snow, I guarantee you and I are not, not just the for only the Marcos. watchers. Right. So people love Hallmark movies, despite the things that we've just talked about a few minutes ago, that there's clearly issues with them. They're clearly not the highest quality films, but I think that just shows that there's something desirable about the simplistic, straightforward, traditional romance stories. Um, in that article that Aaron just mentioned, he also talks about, he says there's an existential beauty and allure in a simple romance. And I think that's true. We're drawn to these stories because it's how we're wired as a human. Um, the complementary beauty of two polarities, two opposites coming together. So that's, you know, could be town and country, water and rock, night and day. Female and male, that's it's woven together into the very design of creation, actually. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's spot on. I have my first Bible basics accounting primer, a book that our kids love right here, and the number six goes with six days of creation. And just see these this like polarity of of how these are highlighted and why even kind of Christmas rom coms pull this out. First day we have light and dark, second day, sea and sky. Third day, land and plants. Fourth day, sun and moon. Fifth day, fish and birds. Sixth day, animals and man. There's this complementary nature that is uh, put into creation. And so seeing kind of man and woman come together, there's just something really beautiful uh, about that. Yeah. And I also think, uh, just lastly, that these movies, I think the tone of all of them is hopeful. Like at the end, hopeful. Um, they're uplifting, and so it's just it's enjoyable to watch something that leaves you feeling hopeful. Yeah, I love that. So now my question, which I will answer first, uh, because I am the the guilty party in many ways, is our story a Hallmark rom com? Okay, so we love romantic comedies, uh, Christmas romantic comedies. But then we've kind of highlighted it doesn't necessarily point out real life. So is our story a Hallmark rom-com? Unfortunately, I have to say no. Dun, our dun, story, dun. yeah, dun dun dun. Our story is not a Hallmark rom-com, but it is beautiful. I will say that our dating journey, I've summarized to people, and now I'm putting this out in the public sphere, was terrible. Uh, would never condone it. Would never encourage someone towards how our dating relationship went. But our marriage is absolutely. Amazing. What do you think, Casey? You think our story has been a Hallmark rom com? Mm. 
Well, if we were to make a Hallmark Christmas rom-com of our dating journey, I feel fairly sure it would be one of the worst rom-coms ever made. It would be the worst. Yeah, it would be pretty bad. Um, Not to mention like 10 hours long. Yes. But if you could make one of our marriage, now that would be that would be a good rom com. I'd be here for that. Yeah. I would I would definitely be here for that. Yeah. Ten hours long. Yeah. It is uh it it would take a a good while to summarize those seven years of me kind of just uh yeah, not not really getting getting with it. But that's okay. Floundering. We'll call it floundering. Floundering, yes. But in thinking about kind of stories and Hallmark romantic comedies Maybe I'm making again, maybe bad kind of typology. People are going to get on me for bringing these these same stories into into this podcast. But when I think about you know stories and books and movies like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Narnia, these great stories, none of them are are real. Um, they're all kind of fantasy. They're all kind of rooted in teaching and good reality and things we want to see, but then they they ultimately are are not real but they draw us in and they reveal something great about us. I think they even reveal um, kind of this triad that keeps coming up in, in Paul's letters, faith, hope, and love. All of us desire that in some way, even the, you know, a, an atheist or an agnostic person, faith, hope, and love really drives them. We all have faith in something. We all want to put our hope in something. We all want love at some at some place and Jesus is the only one who can satisfy these cravings. So while some of these, you know, movies and books explicitly point that out, I still think, you know, Christmas romantic comedies they leave us with with faith, hope and love. They 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 kind of draw us out. They they leave us in a place that we we want to pursue and even this really kind of fleshes itself out um, in actual life with with people. Like we see our interactions with people and they draw us in uh, to having, you know, faith, faith, hope, and love. So, That's good. our story is not a Hallmark rom-com. Your boy is to blame, uh, for the most part, you know, 99.9%. But finally got with it, asked her to marry me, so March 8th, 2015? Yeah. Is that right? That sounds good. Casey doesn't know dates. I'm not, do you know the day we got married? Can you say September it right now? September 26th, 2015. Right. That's right. I had to think really hard about September that. September 26th, right. 2015. That was my, you know, catch, catch a question. I'm, I'm, I, surprisingly, we kind of flip on that one. Normally, the, the guy's the one like, oh, I don't know how long. And the girl knows we're, we're, we're a little bit different here. But Casey's on it. She, she's got it. All right. So surely we can't do all of this without at least giving some of our lists, some of the way we think about these. So I wanted to talk just briefly, very quickly about our, even our, our, our rating system. Our infamous rating system. Our infamous rating system. Trevor got it out of me um, sometime in 2022, you know, that I have that we have a note on here. It's called Movies, and, you know, we have rankings going back to 2019 of, you know, our, our different movies. So our rating system, generally when I'm looking for a movie, we use IMDb the most because it has, you can actually rate 1 through 10 as, a, as opposed to Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of only a up or down. We kind of started off at 6.0. Like I was like, I only want to watch a Christmas rom-com above 6.0. Now, 6.0 other movie, like a superhero movie, probably going to be a bad movie. Um, but a Christmas rom-com, you know, it, it's generally going to be good. But I did have to kind of decrease that down to 5.8 after we felt like we kind of dug in. I then even decreased it down to probably 5.3. Definitely not going below 5.3. If you get in the fours, 
It's going to be a terrible, terrible movie. Now I've kind of pushed myself wanting to get back into the sixes in, in IMDb. They rank it one through six, you know, so a six is, is the best. But unfortunately, our, you know, one of our, one of our least favorite movies, which Casey will hit on more in a second, was, was ranked a six, but it was terrible. So it didn't deserve a you six. Can, you can tell us, you can tell us uh, more about that. But without further ado, our top Christmas rom-coms coming to you from Casey Markham. All right, so we'll look at 2022, since that's the most recent season when we're doing this. Um, our top four, so, our, oh, our top five, actually. We decided to go with five. First one was Royal New Year's Eve. So you've got fashion designer, unknowingly meets a prince, as it happens. And it just had a lot of charming moments. So I'm not going to spoil the ending, but a lot of charming moments. They fall in love. Okay. I ruined it. <laughs> The second one, uh, Window Wonderland. Uh, you've got two window designers. They're vying for the same job at a department store. Aaron can give you the ending. Um, but no, the male lead in this one was hilarious. Uh, there were some great little twists, some plot twists we truly didn't expect. And the ending was super cute. The ending of all of these is they fall in love. Christmas Town was number three. Um, we've got good old DJ Tanner. Uh, she is a star in this one. Um, Aaron's definition was that she finds herself. Um, but <laughs> it was a, it had a good storyline. Um, talked about some different life events um, involved foster care. Um, yeah, had some, had some downsides as well, but overall, cute story. Yeah. Fourth one, taking a shot at love. You've got a hockey player. Great, great sports one. Great, great sports one. There you go, if you're a hockey player, I guess. He has a bum ankle and falls in love with a ballet teacher yep. who's giving him rehab. That's what could right. be better? You just spoiled the ending. Oh, well. That's okay. You spoiled the other three. That's fine. Lastly, a winner getaway. Um, there is a man who pretends to be rich. He convinces the woman who is his travel concierge or his trip planner concierge. That sounds fancy. Yes, it does. Not something that we're familiar with. Um, to join him for all of his activities on his trip. And, you know, you know the ending. They don't fall in love. No, no, no. They do fall in love. That's right. That's right. All of these are predictable. So that's that's what we love. That's what we love. That's what we love. All right. So then a few from previous years that are, we just felt like, you know, we should mention them because they came in top of the list over the last few years. Um, one was A California Christmas. Do you want to say anything about any of these? Uh, no, that that one was just a great kind of roughing it on a, on a ranch. farm ranch. Oh, yeah. It was it was great. Um, we've got a lot like Christmas. Good play on words. It was like a Christmas tree lot um, with the girl from Psych. Forget her name. Um, Maggie. Sorry. Maggie Lawson. Lawson. Yes, she was great. Yeah. Uh, Christmas contract. This was a uh, one where they, you know, they can't find Christmas dates, and so they make a contract to like be each other's Christmas dates, and they fall in love. That's Operation <laughs> Operation Christmas Drop was another one. That, this, that's that goes pretty high on the list for us. Yeah, that that one's very high up there. This this one was a little bit different. It was like military somewhere in like the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, and there it's it, a lot of good. Like it's love. It's caring for a community. It was it was great. 
Operation it was, it was clever. Job. It was well done. And then uh, the last one we pretty much have to have on our list always because it was just especially meaningful to us. We had just moved back from Kenya when we watched this, and it's Holiday in the Wild. That's right. I, I don't know the actors' names. I'm terrible. And, like, you know, Jim and Trevor, I feel like, know everybody's names. But they go on a um, – they end up on a safari, I think, in Zambia, and it's just amazing because you and I just got to see elephants and giraffes and lions and leopards and cheetahs you know, with some regularity while we were in, in Kenya. And so it was just like, oh, man, a Christmas one that gets to go on safari. Amazing. Yeah, some good nostalgia for us. That's right. Uh, and so, yeah, also I have to mention the 6.0 that you brought up a minute ago, which is called Dashing Home for Christmas. If you happen to be an actor in that movie and are listening to this, well, I'm sorry, but it was awful. Yeah, it was it was no good. It was a do not watch. The guy was sweet and and, and really kind, but just the yeah, just it, it didn't come all together. So IMDb really failed me there. Um, yeah, so our rating system does not Don't take apply. my rating system as, you know, gospel or, you know, anything, but it, it's just a it's a helpful gauge uh is it. Casey, would you have have anything else uh for our listeners? No, go enjoy a Christmas rom-com. I love it. I love it. So yeah, this is all of the above where we get to talk about things that bring us joy. We love talking about the Bible. We love talking about philosophy of ministry, but we love talking about just joy and life and things that that show us faith, hope, and love. Things that um, really help you know bring us together in the Christmas season. What what's better than just uh, being able to to cuddle up and and watch a good Christmas romantic comedy? If you have any questions, feel free to to reach out to myself or and I can get you. Uh, connected with Casey, my my email's on the on the uh, the website, and would love to you know help you out if I can with with any Christmas rom coms. Case, thanks for uh, joining me. It was on a this. pleasure. It was uh, super fun to have my my lovely wife uh, join join me. You, Trevor's a great uh, co-host, but you know my lovely wife really you know takes the cake. Mm. So maybe he won't listen to this, and so he won't know. Yeah, he probably he probably won't because. He, he doesn't, he's... These are not his cup of tea. Yeah, this is, this is not his cup of tea. But thank you guys for listening, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. <laughs>